You know, there is more. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about more. I've asked Jesus Christ into my heart, but there's more still. When we allow the Holy Spirit to literally baptize us, to clothe us, it becomes more of Him and less of us. Sometimes in the natural, I don't know about you, I, I try to lose weight occasionally. I want a little bit less of me. And so I try to lose weight. Well, in the spirit realm, I want to have less of me and more of him. I want to lose the weight of Rob Scarallo and have more of him, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Praise God. I'm going to share just a couple of verses with you very quickly today. It's been a very different kind of service. Next Sunday, I believe that the Holy Spirit is telling me that we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When I asked Jesus in my heart, I did something after that. I got baptized in water. I was already saved, but being baptized in water was a subsequent thing. It's something I did afterwards. Now that I'm saved, the Holy Spirit is with me, but the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a subsequent thing from my salvation. I got saved, I got baptized in water. There is also a baptism in the Holy Spirit. And the baptism is for the purpose of learning to let go and let the Spirit take control. The Holy Spirit. How many of you, and be honest with me, we're in the presence of God, because I know if you're going to be honest with me, honestly, every hand is going to go up. How many of you have ever recognized when a wrong spirit has spoken to you, and enticed you and you followed and did what it told you to do. Absolutely. Every temptation that we succumb to is that the voice of an evil spirit leading us and sometimes we follow and do it. Having the Holy Spirit is allowing Him to bypass the control of our brain and he starts to whisper into our lives and we start to follow him and do the things that God is wanting to be done. And supernatural things happen as a result. We want to live Holy Spirit-led lives. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. Well, why don't you take your seats just for a brief moment I'm going to be cutting my message down to like one-fourth, a quarter. And I just want to leave you with a couple of verses because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to <clears throat> give us opportunity next week to pray for the baptism in the Spirit. Amen. Is Linda Verdi here? Is Linda Verdi here today? She's working today? Okay. All right. Praise God. 
Well, very, very quickly, I want to share a couple of scriptures with you. I know that the whole service is in a different order, uh, but that's okay. If you guys, you could either take a seat, but don't go far. Just stay near, okay? I want to show you something. There's a promise that God wants to give us. And I feel that there are many of us who haven't come into this experience yet, and God wants you to come into this experience. And so I'm going to read a couple of scriptures rather quickly. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. This is what John the Baptist says. I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have asked Jesus in your heart? The day you asked Jesus in your heart, did you, were you automatically baptized in water? That's a decision. You had to choose to want it and to follow and submit and to be baptized in water. John the Baptist said, the same way I baptize you in water, there's coming one, and he's speaking of Jesus, who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. How many of you want fire from the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Amen. Well, that's in the Gospel of Matthew. Does Mark say the same thing? How many of you know that not everything, not every story is in all four Gospels? Have you ever noticed that? I'm going to show you that this is mentioned in all four Gospels because it's very important. Watch this. Mark chapter 1, verse 7. And this was his message. This is John the Baptist. After me comes one more powerful than I. The straps of whose sandals I'm not even worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I know when I got baptized in water. I chose to. I submitted myself to. And I know I got baptized in water. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is like that. It's something you have to choose. You have to say, I want it. You have to say, I'm open to it. And go after it. And John the Baptist says, Jesus is coming and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke says the same thing. That's three out of four Gospels so far. The people were waiting expectantly, Luke chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, and were wondering in their hearts if John maybe, possibly was the Messiah. And John answered them, I baptize with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Wow. When you look up that word fire in the Greek, it implies like lightning, an energy, a source of strength, 
power. In John chapter 1, verse 3. Sorry, John chapter 1, verse 32. Uh, we're going to start there. It says, John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. All four Gospels, the Holy Spirit who inspired everything that is written in the Bible made sure that this was written in all four Gospels. The baptism in the Holy Spirit will give you added strength, supernatural strength. It will give you added fire. It'll give you the experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is all about letting go and not letting your brain control every nanosecond of your life and allowing the Spirit of God to have control. When we allow the Spirit of God to have control, we will start to move in gifts of the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we are so in charge of our lives, so controlled that the Holy Spirit couldn't get inside of us even with a crowbar. I want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost and let him have free access to my life. Can I get an agreement? How many of you want that? Absolutely. So not only is it mentioned in the four Gospels, it's mentioned in the book of Acts. And I find this reference really interesting. Acts chapter 1 verse 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus, and he's talking. He said, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, when we read the four Gospels, all four, John the Baptist makes this testimony. I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than me who's Sandals, I'm not worthy enough to untie. I'm not worthy enough to carry them. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. If you haven't been baptized in water and you have asked Jesus Christ into your heart, I encourage you, let us know. We'll have another baptismal service and you could be baptized in water. See Pastor Tom. Pastor Tom, stand up. If you've asked Jesus into your heart and you've never been baptized in water, this is very important. The Bible tells us to do this. Very, very important. Please see Pastor Tom, and we will organize in the next four weeks, five weeks, to have a water baptism if you've never been baptized in water. But let me ask you a question. If it's important... And it is to be baptized in John's baptism. 
How many of you think it might be even important to be baptized in Jesus' baptism? Absolutely. Just stands to reason. Why was this such a big deal? You see, in Isaiah, the prophet said, a time is coming when God won't write his word on tablets of stone. He will turn our hearts into tablets of flesh, and he will write his word on our hearts. And when Isaiah, the prophet, said that, he also said, He's speaking by the Holy Spirit, and he says, God will give you hearts of flesh, and he will write his word on your hearts, and he will give you a new spirit. Yeah. Do you know God was anxiously waiting for two things? One, to come to earth in the form of flesh, and to Become the sacrifice for sins so that whoever would believe on him would be born again, have relationship with God. The second thing God was looking forward to is once people are washed in the literal blood of Jesus Christ and they are born again, now the Holy Spirit can come inside of those people who are new creations and start leading them by the Spirit. Man, I have been led by my friends' opinions. I have been led by bad attitude. I have been led by inferiority. I have been led by politics. I have been led by the world. And more and more, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Jesus said when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will tell you things that have not happened yet. He's the spirit of revelation. He will reveal things. He's the spirit of prophecy. He will show up and give you insight and bring things to your understanding that you would not have had the knowledge for in the natural. Absolutely. Living a spirit-filled life takes your Christianity to another dimension. Now, does that mean that if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you're better than someone who hasn't had that full experience yet? No. We, we don't play superiority games. That's carnal. That in itself shows that we're still led by the flesh. All I'm saying is, I want all of Jesus I can get, and I want more of Jesus every day, and I want all of the Holy Spirit I can get, and I want more of the Holy Spirit every day. There's nothing to take offense about. I want it all! <laughs> and I'm the first to admit, I need it all. I need all of God. I need all of the Holy Spirit. Because I know what the old Rob Scarallo can sound like. And I know what the old Rob Scarallo can look like. And the awesome thing is that when I am full of the Holy Spirit, I look my best. I act my best. He brings the best me to the game. Absolutely. Pretty good stuff, isn't it? Look at this here. 
I just showed you that the same passage was in all four Gospels. Plus, as soon as we go to the book of Acts, there it is, right in the first chapter, and Jesus is repeating it to his disciples. In Luke chapter 24, the close of the Gospel of Luke, right at the close, Jesus says, after he rose from the dead, Verse 24, 48, I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. I'm going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is God's promise. For anyone who wants it, it is God's promise. That word promise in the Greek is the word epangelia, epangelia, and it is used in legal terms. Both in the New Testament, it is a legal phrase, and throughout in antiquity, it has always been used in a legal sense. This is a sanctioned official promise with a governmental seal. And so the word that is used regarding the Holy Spirit is that he is God's official sanction. God has made an official promise for you to receive. Wow. It is always used of God's promises in the New Testament, which shows that his promises are always yes and amen. Now, I told you that this was this passage we read, John baptizes with water, Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit, was written in the four Gospels. It's mentioned in the book of Acts. We're going to go back to the book of Acts. I'm going to show you chapter 1. I'm going to read a few more verses because it makes it even more clear and more powerful. This is what it says. After his suffering, it's talking about Jesus. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, that he rose from the dead. So Luke is writing, and he's saying after Jesus' suffering, after he rose from the dead, he appeared and gave them many proofs he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. I don't know if your brain ticks the way my brain ticks, but I've read that many times, and I've thought, I would really love to have a detailed, written explanation what did Jesus have to say after he came back from visiting hell and obliterating the kingdom of darkness I'd, I'd, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in fact I would have loved to have been there I would have had a gazillion questions for Jesus but watch this here Luke says Jesus showed himself for 40 days and proved to everyone he was alive and he told them many things about the kingdom of God. But he doesn't list one thing about the kingdom of God. In fact, the only thing he goes on to say is 
on one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John has baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so of all the things that Luke could have written about that Jesus said after he rose during those 40 days, there's only one thing that Luke actually mentions, and that is... Jesus on one occasion reminded his disciples, John baptized you with water, but in a few days, you're going to get the promised Holy Spirit. How many of you can sense the excitement in God's heart? I'm going to pour out my spirit, and now my spirit won't just be around them. He will be in them. My spirit won't just be on the priests and the prophets. My spirit will be on your sons and your daughters. Young men, old men, young women, older women will see dreams and visions and they will prophesy. You see, to God, this was a big thing, two big things. His son is going to come to earth and shed his blood so that all who believe can be born again and come into relationship with God. And secondly, once they're born again and washed in the blood of Jesus, the Holy Spirit could come inside of all of them and start to lead them supernaturally. God was excited about this. So much so that it, Jesus reminds them, don't forget, the big day is coming. Praise God. I think that's pretty cool, don't you think? This is God's promise. In Acts chapter 2, verse 32 and verse 37, this is what it said. God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are witnesses of it. He exalted him to the right hand of God. So that Jesus will receive from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And pour out what you now see and hear. If you read chapter 2, what did they just see and hear? They saw people speaking in other tongues. Tongues that they never learned. You see, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a switching point where I go from being in complete control to where I let the Holy Spirit take control. Amen. Absolutely. What you see and hear, people were watching and they were amazed. They were buzzed out. Are these folk drunk? And Peter said, they're not drunk. You know what that proves to me? The people who said, are they drunk? They were Jewish people. They were converts to Judaism, and they had come from around the world for the Feast of Pentecost. 
And what it shows me is that when God is really moving, the religious mind has trouble accepting it. And they saw this, and they saw these people praying in tongues, and they said, are they drunk? Peter said, they're not drunk. They're just full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the natural mind will question the supernatural things of God. The same way people try, even Christians try to explain away all the miracles in the Old Testament. We try to scale it down. Well, it didn't really happen like that. And they didn't walk through the Red Sea. There was this narrow section of marsh where there was just muddy ground. And God walked them through the muddy ground. And they try to wiggle out of the enormity of the miracle and size it down to the size of their brain. And a lot of people will say that's how they crossed the Red Sea. There was no great miracle. It was just marshy land. It was right at the edge, and they walked through. Well, my question is, how the heck did all of Pharaoh's army get drowned in mud? You see, we, we want to understand God, and the problem is when you understand God, you just shrunk him down to the size of your brain. We want to be able to control everything. We want to be able to not lose control. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is about allowing him to have influence and even allowing him to have control. The more, I'm, the more I am in control, it's not always a good thing. The more I let the Holy Spirit lead me and guide me, it's a good thing. Amen. Amen. And so the baptism was this event that happens that is like a switch. I go from being constantly in control to now being supple pliable in the hands of the Holy Spirit. And now I'm willing to follow. And my natural brain sometimes has a problem with it. You can't do that. No, but the Holy Spirit can. And I'm going to follow. And I want to follow him more and more. How many of you want to follow him more and more? Absolutely. Watch this. He said, the promised Holy Spirit, this is God's promise. If you have not received the baptism, if you've never spoken in tongues and you want to start experiencing the supernatural power of God, next week I'm going to make an altar call so that you can receive what God has promised. The promised Holy Spirit has poured out what you now see and hear. We're going to jump down to verse 37, and this is what it says in verse 37. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart, and they said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, Repent, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Water baptism is the baptism of repentance. It's a baptism that says, I've repented of my sins, and I'm following Jesus Christ. You got baptized in water. You got baptized in water. How many of you have been baptized in water? Give me a wave. It's the baptism of repentance. It is symbolic 
that we have repented and become followers of Jesus. And so the people are listening. They said, what, what do we do? You've just talked to us about Jesus. You've convinced us. He said, number one, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise, here it is again, God's promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off all around the world, and for all whom the Lord will call. If you are born again, the Spirit of God wooed you. He called you. Now the Spirit of God wants to fill you to an even greater capacity. Listen, don't, don't be offended and think, oh, well, does that mean I don't have the Holy Spirit? Yes, you do. But here's Pastor Romp. He's willing and he wants to have more and more of the filling of God's Spirit in his life. This is not about trying to be one up on anybody. This is about Allowing the Spirit of God to have complete influence in our lives. Peter said, this promise is for all who are called. Some people want to say it's not for today. You know what I say to that? Yeah, phooey. We need it as much today, if not more today, than they did then. Look, the prophet Joel said, in the last days, he's prophesying by God's Spirit, I will pour out my Spirit. So God's using Joel to prophesy, a prophet. And this prophet is speaking God's words. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh in the last days. Peter stood up, and when everyone was talking in tongues, he said, this is what the prophet Joel talked about. In the last days, God will pour out his spirit. Well, that was the beginning of the last days. How many of you think these days are even later than those days? He said, I will pour out my spirit in the last days, and I'll pour it out on all flesh. Young men, young women, they will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Male and female, God wants to baptize us to such a degree in his Holy Spirit that we start to say things by the supernatural power of God. And we start to know things and we start to understand things. We start to see things that the natural eye cannot see, that the natural ear cannot hear. Wow. When you read through the New Testament, you see the early church was explosive with miracles and supernatural things. And you know what religious people do? They try to stuff it back into the book and say, no, that was only for then and not for today. What would happen if we say salvation was only for then and not for today? We pick and choose. Because we want to stay in control. We feel safe if we're in control. I've learned I am safest when the Holy Spirit is in control. Amen. Come on, let's stand.
How many of you have never experienced yet the freedom of having this Holy Spirit influence you to such a point where you start speaking a heavenly language? Who's never experienced that yet? Could I see your hands? That's for you. It's a promise. Why? I'll tell you why. Because sometimes with my natural mind, I pray things that Rob Scarello wants. I try to pray over people what I want. When I pray in a heavenly language, I'm praying what the Holy Spirit wants. Heck, when I'm praying in tongues, I don't even know what I'm praying. But I trust the Holy Spirit. And he starts to pray for me as well as through me. And when I pray over people, I'll pray in tongues because as much as I want to give Brandy the best I can give her in God, God knows secret things about Brandy that's none of my business. And so sometimes I'll pray and I start praying in tongues and the Spirit of God is speaking to the Father and using me as an intercessor for stuff my head doesn't need to know. It's between her and God. Sometimes I think I've got a handle on my world. I know everything about my son. I know everything about my two daughters. And I pray what I know. And sometimes the Holy Spirit says what you know isn't what God knows. You're praying wrong. And so there are things that I would pray from the flesh. But when I pray in tongues, the Holy Spirit says, Rob, I'm going to pray through you. And I'm going to pray effective, perfect prayers that line up with God's will. Amen. Sometimes when I pray in tongues, the devil has a strategy and maybe he wants to hurt me or take me down. And I have no awareness of it. But when I spend time praying in tongues, the Spirit of God who knows all things. Why? He's the Spirit of truth. And he will start to cover things in my life and in my family's life that I would have no knowledge of. Listen, church. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to be supernatural. God is supernatural. And if you want to serve a God that you could put in a little shoebox, he'll never be more than just a little hush puppy. I don't want a God who can fit in a shoebox. I want a God who is exponentially bigger than any problem I could ever face. Can I get an amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. All week, if you have not received that freedom yet of praying in tongues and moving in the Holy Ghost we're going to pray for you next week and I want you all week to be saying Holy Spirit I want you I need you I want to experience more and more of you but the very first step is to make sure that you are born again that you've asked Jesus Christ into your heart not being religious, 
but having a relationship with Jesus and then building a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So as I close this morning, in a moment we're going to take the tithes and offerings. If you have never asked Jesus in your heart and you want to be born again, you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to know that your sins are forgiven and your name's written in the book of life, you have to accept Jesus. While every eye is closed, raise your hand and say, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If that's you, just right now, don't be afraid. Don't be shy. Put your hand up nice and high and say, I want to accept Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand up the back. Thank you, sir. I see another hand. God bless you. Anyone else want to accept Christ as your Lord and Savior? Everyone, especially those who raised your hand right now, we're going to ask Jesus in our heart. Everyone repeat after me. Dear God, I believe you. I believe you love me. And I know I need you. I've sinned. I've made mistakes. God, come into my heart through Jesus Christ. Jesus, live inside of me. I give you permission to live in me and take control of my life. I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to cover me in your blood. Wash away my sins. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus for answering my prayer. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, I'd love for you to come and see me and Pastor Tom in just a moment. The band is going to lead us on a closing song and the worship, uh, the worship leaders, the uh, ushers are going to come and they're going to give us an opportunity to bring our tithes and offerings to the Lord. How many of you are excited about what God is doing? Amen. Amen.